Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is spiritual light. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Welcome. The program is called Shedding Shackles. My name is Roland. And today, I'm doing what I've often done over the past 30 years. I turn the microphone on, and I start talking. And hopefully something good will come out. I'm sitting here with my eyes closed. And with my eyes closed, I'm looking at the inside of my eyelids. And as I look at the inside of my eyelids, what do I see? I see some kind of pattern of light, some little pixels of light, a a glow of light. That's the best way I can describe it. It's a gentle glow, a very gentle glow of light on the inside of my eyelids. And, And it's the most wonderful thing to see that. It's not totally dark. Now, as I said in a previous radio program, if you'll pardon expression, I can go downstairs to our half bath, which doesn't have any windows, and close the door, and it's pitch black. And I close my eyes, and I see the same warm glow of light. Now, what is that that I see? Well, you know what it is? It's spiritual light. As I also said in the previous program, I could get in a rocket ship and I could go far out into outer space, way out in the blackness of outer space, and I could close my eyes and I would see the same light, spiritual light. It's everywhere. Now, I want you to understand that What it says in the Bible, was it David who said that, he said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made? Well, humans are, yes, we do have a body like animals have, by which we navigate around this great green earth, this emerald isle. And we have eyes and ears so we can sense what's going on around us. So we have that, which is very nice. But we're also part spiritual. We're part heaven. And so we're a soul in a body. Now, the material realm cannot enter into the spiritual, but the spiritual can enter into the material realm. And so God has given us a soul around which a body is formed. And God has given us a faculty of, let's call it intuition, whereby you can see and you can understand. You can discern. You can discern what is true. And also you can discern what is not true. You may not know exactly what's not true about it, but you just get a sense that it's not true. You know, when somebody's lying to you. So, 
it's a very important thing to have. I think it was, uh, and I, I'm not. I'm going to paraphrase now because I can't remember exactly how he said it, but it was the great writer Ernest Hemingway, and they asked him. They said, "You, how? What do you think is the most important thing for someone to be a good writer?" And he said, "You need." And I, I'm just paraphrasing. I don't remember how he said it, but he said, "Like he said, you need like a a solid." union-made, heavy-duty BS detector. Well, you know what? We have that, and it's our intuition. And so, to the extent that you can remain close to your intuition, to this God-given faculty, to the extent that you can remain close to it and heed it and notice it, it's very delicate. See, intuition is generally very delicate. You notice something. Einstein noticed a clock when he was on the on the the, the train or the streetcar. He noticed the clock. And I'll give you a couple of examples of things that I notice. For example, I notice that when I drip some cream, you know, half and half, into a hot cup of coffee, I drip a couple of drops in. On the surface of the coffee, a swirl forms. A swirl forms on the surface of the coffee, and it looks like a galaxy. It's the same shape. If you look at, at a picture of like the Milky Way galaxy, it's like this flat plane with a, with a swirl on it. So I noticed things like that. And somehow that's important. I noticed that. And I'm just, you know, barely beginning to, to get it, to see why. And it'll be a delight if the good Lord permits me to, to understand more about it. I'm just beginning to understand. But I noticed that little thing. And I'll give you another example. I'm saying to you that it's little things. Little things that you notice. And something makes you notice it. And that's also a part of this intuition that God gives us. All of a sudden, something you notice. Not because it provoked you. See, a lot of times people grab our attention. But this is not where your attention is grabbed. Something in you makes you to notice something. So I noticed the swirls on the surface of the coffee look like a galaxy forming. It's as if the little, the little particles of, of half and half that had been cold that were dropped into the center and then around it swirls this, the particles swirl in the shape of a galaxy, just like stars, stars swirling in the Milky Way galaxy. Now, here's another thing. If you see pictures of the Milky Way galaxy, it's a flat, it's basically a flat plane. And isn't that interesting that it's the surface of the water, which is also a flat plane. 
So you have a flat plane for the galaxy and look at a picture of it. And it looks exactly like swirling coffee from little drops going into the, to the hot coffee on the surface. So you have that. And so I also understand that there's a plane. I've heard a researcher argue that there is a plane at the center of a magnet that's or, that where the north and south pole are orthogonal to, to it. And so there's a plane there. So that's interesting. And then another thing that I happen to notice is that, or was brought to my attention, is that the gyroscope, you know how when you spin up a top or spin, spin anything up, spin any kind of a wheel up or a gyroscope, you spin it up and then it is dedicated to a plane. And the axle, the axis of the, that goes through the, the spinning wheel, is dedicated to a plane that is that is perpendicular to it or orthogonal to it. Now, isn't that interesting? There's that plane again. So these things I notice, and they bring me great delight, and I have little insights about such things. But that's the way you have to live your whole life. You notice little things that other people don't notice, or they notice them and they disregard them. And... Your intuition is also something like that. Your intuition is a little thing. Why do they call it the still, small voice? Still meaning quiet or silent. It's a small voice, and it's a voiceless voice. So not only is it small, but it's silent. It's your intuition. It's a little thing, but you must learn to pay attention to it. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. And the, the classic example that I give, see, I could just give so many examples, but I'll just give this standard classic one that I've given so many times. You're, you're taking a college course at night, you're a young lady, and now you're walking at night from your college class, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and you're heading for your car, and you have to go through an alley. You always go through a dark alley to get to your car which, where, to where it's parked. But tonight, all of a sudden, something holds you back. You, you stop, and something's holding you back from going down that alley. Well, you know what? Don't go down that alley. Just walk on the bright street. Go walk a couple of extra blocks in order to get to your car by walking in bright, safe areas. You know why? Because there was something in that. Who knows what was in that alley? And your intuition warned you. So now, I think I've, I've made it. Um, I think you've got the point. But now let's get back to how I began. The, oh, I wanted to read you something. And uh, you've heard this before. This is William Blake from his little poem. And his little poem was to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. Isn't that beautiful? To see the world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower. 
Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. Well, so what do you think it is when you look at the surface of your coffee and you see a swirl like a galaxy? A miniature galaxy in your coffee cup. Isn't it beautiful? It is. See, there's symmetry in the God makes symmetry. But anyway, I think you got the idea. And uh, I want you to just start to pay attention to little things that you notice. And don't dismiss them out of hand. Now, you notice a little thing. Something helps you to notice. And you notice it. And you may not have any, you don't know why you noticed it. You don't have any idea, but you just notice it. And then later, a week later, a month later, a year later, 10 years later, all of a sudden, oh, see? So it's very beautiful. This is Jeremiah Trujillo. I'm a pianist and played some of the music that you hear on Shedding Shackles, such as the Capriccio Opus 76, number 2, by Johannes Brahms. If you have a question or need spiritual advice, call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. You know, deja vu may be something like that. You notice something, all of a sudden you just notice something and it's like you had seen it before. There's a beautiful passage in the Bible. One of the prophets says that God doesn't do anything unless he reveals it first to one of his prophets. You know, that may be so. God likes to reveal things ahead of time. What he's going to do? I remember I had a teacher one time in college. He was a really excellent instructor. He always said that he employs the army method of training. And everybody said, the army method of training, what's that? He said, tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them. And then tell them what you told them. So God tells us ahead what he's going to do. And then he does it. And then he talks about what he did. Isn't that beautiful? Well, all right. So now I think you got the idea that these little things are very important. And, you know... Your children tend to notice little things too, don't they? And they say them and they're so sweet and delightful. Well, you have to be the same way. You have to be the same way. Now, don't expect other people to appreciate what you appreciate or to see what you see. It's a special revelation for you. I remember one time I was somewhere and somebody was in another room 
having a consultation. And I was sitting waiting for them to be done so I could, you know, we could go somewhere. But then all of a sudden, I just stood up. I have no idea why did I stand up and why did I walk over to the wall that separated the rooms and why did I stand very close to the wall and then I heard something. I heard something that was a, a, a very important little revelation that explained a lot of things and it was good for me to know. And so that's the way it was. God sometimes reveals things like that. It's a private revelation. It's for you and you only. But usually it is something important to know, and it's good for you to know, and often it'll protect you. I'll give you another example. Another one I use, it's like a proverbial story, but, but it's a made-up one, but you've, you've got the idea because you've experienced something like this. There's somebody that you know, and they're telling you this and that, and it, it sounds really good, but then all of a sudden you see a sly movement. You see a flash of something in their eye, or you see, you see something that gives it away that they're not being totally honest. So now you know, and it's good for you to know that, so you, you don't follow. Well, uh, I want you to understand another thing this intuition that we have. I also said that it helps you to see what's true and also to see what is not true and to detect deception. So you will begin to see that people are lying to you. And when you see that, it's a protection, isn't it? Because they're saying, oh, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, it's good for you, trust us. You know, it's, it's so good for you. Well, you sense that they're not being honest. You sense that there's something not quite right about it. So you just don't go along. It's that simple. It's a protection. So God gives these us these things. And all you have to do is pay attention to them. And he reveals what's good for you to know. And what's good for you to know it's good for you to know. And God is so much smarter than you are. So he might reveal to you, or how would he do this? Well, he might one day, you're looking through a magazine and all of a sudden you see a picture of a place and you think, gee, that's nice. You're somehow, you somehow notice it. You're given to notice it. And then... A couple of weeks later, there it is again. Somebody's talking about that place, and then you hear it. And to make a long story short, it may be the place where some where you're going to be going to college, or it may be the place that you end up moving to. And then you move there, and you have a beautiful life there. And you think back, and you think, if I, gee, if I hadn't seen that picture in the magazine, but who was it? What was it that from within somehow? highlighted that in your mind or somehow made it so that you would notice it. Well, it's the good Lord. And he likes to do things like that in a very, in a secret way. And then you, you follow or you kind of move in that direction. And then later you think back and you think, oh, I think there was a mighty hand guiding my life. It's so beautiful. There was a movie. 
It was called A Miracle on 34th Street. They've done some remakes of it, and I'm sure they're no good because the magic is taken out. You should see the original movie that had Natalie Wood in it, and it was made in the 1930s, I think, almost, what, 90 years ago? But it was a story about a man whose name was Chris Kringle, and he claimed to be Santa Claus. Everybody thought he was a little bit nutty, and there was a little girl and her mom. The girl's father had died, so it was just a mom and a little girl, and the little girl really liked him. But she didn't believe in Santa Claus. She thought it was just ridiculous stuff. And he claimed to be Santa Claus. It was It's a beautiful movie. But anyway, toward the end of the movie... Oh, and then there was a nice lawyer who... They were doing something to Santa Claus. They were th trying to throw him in jail or something. They were trying to commit him to a mental hospital, saying that he was nutty. But you secretly know that he really is Santa Claus. He really is. But anyway... So this lawyer defended him, and the lawyer was skeptical. He didn't really think he was Santa Claus, but he just thought he was kind of a nice old man, and he was doing it just to, just to humor and be nice to an old man. So the lawyer was skeptical. The mom was totally skeptical. The little girl was, was skeptical, but she kind of liked Santa Claus, or the man who said he was Chris Kringle. So at the end of the movie, Santa's vindicated. The lawyer defends him, but then Chris Kringle says to the uh, to the to the mom and and to the attorney he was going to drive the mom somewhere and he saw that the mom and this attorney would make a nice couple that they should get married he saw that so anyway he said you know i want you to go on this route oh and i forgot to mention the little girl her dream was a certain house she had had a dream of a of a certain house with a certain kind of a, of a yard with a swing in it and it was just really, really beautiful. And she somehow had that in her mind. But she said, I'm never going to get it. And she didn't believe in Santa. But anyway, at the end of the movie, Chris Kringle said to that attorney and to that mom, I want you, when you drive to where you're going, I want you to follow this route here. Please follow this route. He had written it down on a piece of paper and they said, okay, to humor him. Well, they were driving on that route and the little girl was in the back seat. And all of a sudden, she started yelling, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car. They stopped the car, and she ran out. And she said, this is it. This is my dream house. This is the house that I dreamed of. Oh, we've got to get it, Mommy. We've got to get it. And the nice lawyer and the lady looked at each other, and, I th and they loved each other. And they thought, well, we could get married. And then and the house was for sale, and we could get this house. So they were inside looking, and so it was beautiful and sweet. And the little girl was running around in the house and looking at it. This is it. This is just like I dreamed of it. But then at the very end of the movie, the lawyer looked in the corner of one of the rooms, and what did he see? Chris Kringle's cane was standing there. In other words, Chris Kringle had been there. This whole thing was engineered by Chris Kringle. He knew about the house. He knew about the little girl's dream. And it was him behind it. And the lawyer scratched his chin and he said, you know, maybe Chris Kringle is not, maybe he really is Santa Claus, that he's not as crazy as people think he is. It's a beautiful story. So anyway, I want you to understand that there is magic and there's wonderful, wonderful little things to notice. 
and God reveals things to, to those who love Him. And so I want you to begin to notice your intuition. Pay attention to it. Now we're coming back full circle to the very beginning. As I said that when I sit quietly in my room, I close my eyes and I see a warm glow of light. Spiritual light. Well, what I would like for you to do is to start when you have a chance, but you know, when you can go sit quietly in your room, on your sofa, or on the porch, or in your backyard, and close your eyes and see that spiritual light, and sit quietly and watch and notice and look at that warm glow of light. While you're doing that, you will become aware of the present moment. You will sense that you're in the present. There are little noises outside and you feel your body in the present. You can notice your hands. You could put your fingertips together very delicately, fingertip to fingertip, and feel the, the warm tingle. It's like you're extending that spiritual light that you see when you close your eyes into your body. And there you are in the present. And that would be a very nice way of beginning to pay attention to your conscience. So there it is. It's wordless. It's silent. It guides you. It protects you. It shows you things. People like Albert Einstein were very close to their intuition. Little children are very close to their intuition. You have to learn to be close to your intuition. It's the magic. It's your connection to your Creator. And through it, He shows you things. And you know that He's there. You sense that He's there. So I want you to do that and refine the magic. Refine the magic. God is the one. Everything He does is magical. The stars, the flowers, the light in a little child's eyes, the laughter of children. It's magic. Find it. Now, I want you to go to my website and get the meditation. Give it a try. It's free. It's free. And my website is SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.